Hi, this is Jay Parker, and I have to tell you about our 2020 webinar series. We have three of them coming this year with the first one on March 12, and that'll be on getting in the mood. The other two are going to be on oral sex and orgasm. Each webinar is only $10. Now, we pack these webinars 30 to 40 minutes with more information than you get here on a podcast episode, more than you get in our posts, more than you get just about anywhere. And you know you're going to enjoy your time with us. That's $10 a piece or $25 for all three. Check us out in the show notes. Find the link and sign up today. And now let's get started with today's show. Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We're four marriage and sex bloggers. Discuss the naked truth. What does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage? I'm Jay Parker of Hot, Holy, and Humorous. I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife. I'm Gay Christmas of Calm, Healthy, Sexy. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7. Welcome to another episode of Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We want to invite you to join us right here at the virtual kitchen table. Pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. Here, you want a glass of tea? (laughs) Today, we are going to dig into our mailbag and answer some of your questions. Now, if you have a question for us and you'd like our advice, go to our website for Christian Wives, F-O-R, ChristianWives.com, and there is an Ask a Question button at the top of the menu. Click that and you'll get a form and you can just submit your question there. And so all of our questions tonight come from that queue. And we are just going to go ahead and start it off. Our first question is going to be from Gay. Okay. And before I share the question that I picked, I would like to ask you, if you like our podcast and you feel that you benefit from it, would you take just a minute and rate us on iTunes? That would help us a lot because the more positive ratings we receive, the more likely iTunes or Apple, whoever, is to recommend us to other women who are looking for something similar. So we would really appreciate if you would do that. Okay, my question came from a young mom of young children, and she asked, do you have any creative ideas for raising libido of nursing moms and moms of little ones? If I had an answer to that one, I'd get a million dollars. Don't we all want that answer? I have a couple of blog posts about that time that basically I titled, When My Sex Life Sucked. Because that is when it happened. Uh, That was when my drive tanked completely. And I am, generally speaking, matched or higher drive than my husband. But those years were really hard on me. And looking back, I do believe that I was dealing with postpartum depression. It was not intense enough for me to even necessarily recognize what was happening. But it was steady enough and problematic enough that it was really causing a dip in my drive. In addition, after the first kid, I had some pain with intercourse because my estrogen levels were low. So I guess my thinking based on my experience is to really kind of check on your hormones And check on your physiology and make sure that you are in a place where your body can respond. 
I think we also want to say that it's just, that's not abnormal. You know, when your body has just gone through childbirth and your hormones are sort of recalibrating from that, and then their hormones associated with nursing that tend to have a sort of a suppressing effect. So it's not abnormal. It's like totally normal to experience that. But as Jay said, there are things that you can investigate and... Mm-hmm do about it i i guess my thing is i mean if you just have like almost no sex drive or no sex drive then or, or irresponsiveness not drive we you know we how we feel about that word drive now <laughs> more <laughs> interest sexual interest i just it was such a struggle for me. And looking back, I wish I could tell that young mom me, you know what, uh, you need to pursue this with your doctor and get some blood tests and figure out what's going on. Did you nurse? I nursed. Yes. Yeah, I was so nursing a big, has a big uh, breastfeeding proponent, actually, and loved nursing. Just loved it. Right. And I nursed too. I nursed my twins for a year, but mm -hmm. breastfeeding, the prolactin that's produced when you're breastfeeding has, like Gay says, has a real dampening effect on your sex drive. And, you know, there's the old wives tale that you won't get pregnant while you're nursing. Well, I think that that wives tale was born because it suppresses your sex drive and you don't have as much sex. So you're not going to get pregnant. But not to discount your experience at all. I, I'm just saying there can be complicating factors like mm -hmm. a postpartum depression. Absolutely. But I, I agree with what you're saying completely. Yeah, absolutely. But, but as far as giving her a creative idea for raising libido, you know, scents are powerful and triggering memories. Your olfactory bulb that picks up scents is tied to your limbic system in your brain, which is actually part of your sex drive. So if you have a scent that's turned you on in the past, it could possibly turn you on now, even with your dampened sex drive. So my suggestion is maybe have your husband wear a scent that you really like. Maybe it was something he wore while you were dating, or you could put on your favorite perfume, maybe the perfume you wore on your wedding night, or if there was a special candle that you used on your wedding night to light that, just to find a scent that triggers a memory that could possibly help ignite your steaminess. And along those lines, make sure you're not wearing your clothes that have spit up scent. On them. <laughs> <laughs> because seriously, I mean, as you were, I didn't even think about this, but as you were talking, I was thinking about all the times I had spit up on and who knows what else when my kids were little. And just every little reminder of mommyhood just sort of directed my attention to that rather than to anything else. So one of the things for me too was trying to make sure I had baby baby and child items you know if I was sorting laundry and there would be a stack of their clothes on my dresser hide that put it in a basket where I wouldn't see it all those little reminders of the little people who I loved very much interfered with my sex drive I think also in that same situation, because we're talking about nursing, for me, there was a time where I kind of needed to take my breasts out of the sexual equation because they really were pretty devoted for a while to feeding the child. So it was no longer quite an erogenous zone. Other areas became more heightened and places to focus on. So I think that if that has been, there are a lot of nursing moms who have a struggle with that, that if the breasts have been erogenous zone for her or for him, you know, during this time, it has a different purpose and you may need to kind of go somewhere else with the body and explore some other places to learn arousal elsewhere. And another thought along with the breastfeeding and the breasts 
if you don't want to use them in in your lovemaking or foreplay, you could wear a really sexy bra. Mm. You would, and that way you would still have support. And if you did start to leak, because it happens, yeah, the bra could soak it up a little bit. But wearing a sexy bra would still give you a sexy kind of feel, but kind of demarcate the area. <laughs> well, you know, we've talked a lot about how when you have little kids, you just have people touching you all day. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I know it's so hard to do. It's easy for me to say now that you know I'm 55 and I can say all sorts of things. We'll just do it this way but trying to find <laughs> even 15 minutes where nobody's touching you and you have mm-hmm. no responsibility for taking care of anybody else mm-hmm. and that you know there's part of me that thinks it's just 15 minutes how hard can it be but I know it's really really hard but for me having those kinds of times those were kind of what helped me sort of make that transition from being mommy and just feel like I was me again and not just mom and if that seems impossibly long, because I, I agree with what you're saying entirely, Chris, but if that seems impossibly long, I think start with smaller times and work up to that. We've talked a lot about baby steps, but for me, I know just like one minute of just going in my bathroom <laughs> was like <laughs> a big deal for a while. My older son, bless his heart, was colicky. And oh, um, and so I it was one. very, yeah, it was very hard to feel like I could ever really take time for myself. But, you know, I also look back and think you should never neglect your child, but they're not going to be hurt by 30 seconds extra for you to gather Brush yourself, your teeth. for Brush you your to teeth. calm. Yeah. Babies, yeah. babies cry. Babies and do it, cry. And it's not the end of the world if you let a baby cry so that you can go cry in the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure you remember, Chris, when the twins were crying and the uh, two and a half year old was crying and everybody was crying. Everybody's crying. <laughs> yeah, my husband came home from work one day to a sign on the door that said caution everyone's in tears and literally I had all three kids on the floor and we were all crying (laughs) poor guy Uh, my wonderful husband walked in he said okay I'm ordering pizza Yay. Yeah. My hero. I, I think one of the things too is your fatigue. You know, when you have a newborn, you're nursing a baby, or you just have little kids at home, you know, your fatigue level is draining. And so if prioritizing your libido and your sex life is a priority for you, I think you have to find ways to get rest. Even that, if that means that other things go undone for a while, you know, the thing about nap when the baby naps, rest when the baby naps, whatever, because combined with hormones and stress and all the newborn things, I think the fatigue is just really zapping. So, you know, you may need to find creative ways to get more rest and let the, the laundry or whatever, you know, like order pizza or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think also along with Gay's big push for communication too, is tell your husband what's going on. I remember y'all are going to all think my poor husband Spock is a terrible person, but I promise it was just one time he came home when baby was two weeks old and I was still in my pajamas but this is a colicky child and I don't know what I'm doing and he looked at me and he he said well did you such and such and I was like no did you such and such no and he said well what did you do all day Uh, that any guys who are listening major libido killer yeah yeah You're killing sexual interest right there. But here's the thing is he didn't know. And I wasn't communicating to like what was going on. And so starting to communicate and saying, you know, let me tell you what my day was like. And I need you to take this child for 10 minutes. 
because mm-hmm. I would like to go to the bathroom without anybody sticking their fingers underneath the bathroom door. <laughs> like a cat. Yeah. Another thing to remember with moms of littles, if you're on hormonal birth control pills, that can affect your libido as well. A consistent basis. Not all but of so them. Can but stress, some of them. So can stress oh, about absolutely. whether you're going to get pregnant again. So oh, yeah. You, have to oh, kind yeah. Of you do. You, weigh <laughs> you the have to weigh all that. But if you are on birth control, it's not uncommon for you to have very limited sex drive. All right. Yeah. So we're going to go on. Uh, Jay, what's your question today? All right. My question is a wife wrote us and her husband works during the week and he's home on weekends. And she says she's the hard drive wife. She says having sex only on the weekends has been very difficult for me. Do you have any thoughts or suggestions for long distance marriages? Well, this is something I've been thinking about a lot because we're about to enter a season of our life when that's our situation where my husband will be gone all week and I'll see him only on weekends. So we've been talking about things like being very intentional about teasing and sort of like looking at it as a whole week of foreplay before we get to the main event. And even though that doesn't give you what you might need in terms of actual sex, it does either give you some sexual attention and just talking and texting and those kinds of things, just to sort of have that intimate connection with each other throughout the week to kind of get us ready for Friday or whatever day it's going to be when he gets home. So since she mentioned she's a higher drive wife and this <clears throat> the week long might be very difficult, a thought is that with video conferencing, you could employ some mutual masturbation through digital means. Video cam sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the question to me to all of that is, is it building intimacy between the two of you? And if you're both engaged at the same time and arousing one another, then yeah. I agree. Use wisdom about (laughs) secure channels and all that. Make Mm -hmm. sure your account is password protected. So be smart about it. But I think that's a great way to maintain some of that connection. Mm -hmm. I will mention that I have talked a couple of times or heard a couple of times from military families who deal with this. And they've talked about, you know, whether this foreplay and sexting and stuff across distance is a good idea. And for some couples, that's a great thing. It really helps them build the excitement. And then when they see each other, they can really act on that. I have heard, though, also that some people find it difficult, that they don't want to receive all those constant reminders about sexual things because it just makes it harder. It makes them miss it more. So I do want to say that that's a possibility. huh? For a military couple, too, you could be talking about months and months and months on Mm -hmm. end as opposed to Monday through Friday. I mean, that seems like a different scenario. Yeah, it's another kind of long distance uh, situation. And I've just heard like there's a couple of military guys who said, listen, I I don't want to think about that. It's like I just want to shut that part down for a while. And so I think that if that's the situation, it can also be hard for the person left back home Mm -hmm. who may need to channel that in other ways. I think going along with gays communication, this would be something that you really would need to talk over with your spouse. And if you are going to use video chatting for this kind of thing that, you know, they're totally on board. And are both of them okay? Would they be okay with some solo masturbation? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, is that something they would agree to to deal with some of the release, but 
not as a, I don't know. I, I think it's well, something you could explore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing would even be if the husband would be willing to maybe write an erotic story about the two of them that she could use and read while she's doing solo masturbation, you know, then that might actually en enhance intimacy, knowing that he, he was thinking about her and thinking about what he would like to do with her. But that's something that each couple needs to figure out, whether that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our sponsor actually can work very well along with building that kind of excitement for when you two get together. Because our sponsor this time is Christian Friendly Sex Positions. And so you could also share with each other positions that you'd like to try when you get together. Chris, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, Christian Friendly Sex Positions has over 260 tastefully illustrated positions with more on the way. You get a printable, so you get a, a PDF and you can print out the positions you're most interested in. It's $9.99 and it's at positioncards.com to purchase. You know, any couple can, you know, say, okay, let's pick out three positions you're interested in this week. And you can say, okay, well, I'd like to try these three positions. And then, you know, you can talk about that throughout the week. So yeah, that's a good way to kind of do things to create some excitement is you get these position cards and then you can tailor them and then you can also kind of include the ones that you like. And if there's anything that you're like, okay, we, we can't even get in those positions, <laughs> you can put those aside. And then you've got a repertoire to work from. And it's just, you can't bait the price and the amount of information you get. And they're tastefully done and put together by a Christian couple. We hope you'll check them out. And the link will be in our show notes. Wonderful. Thank you, Christian Friendly Sex Positions. So Chris, what question have you chosen to answer? The question I've chosen is one that we've actually had a lot from a lot of people. How is sex different after menopause and after hysterectomy? Can we just say the Mohuha Desert? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, yeah, basically, that's that's one of the things is that one of the common features of menopause is that you may have less lubrication. And so if you do, because there's less estrogen, then there's a couple of ways to deal with that. You can either add back estrogen or you can just get some lube. And that depends on how intense your dryness is. There's also another option, which is to add a DHEA supplements or suppositories. Personally, I use those. They are amazing. I've written a whole blog post on it, and I'll put it in the show notes. Read the blog post and talk with your doctor before you do it. Mm. But, but that is another. And then on top of the DHEA, I add a vitamin E suppository about a half an hour before the rendezvous, which also helps. There's also estrogen that you can ask to do. There's estrogen creams and suppositories. There's also replens and astroglide beads and things like that, or just basic lube. I mean, all of that just depends on you and what how, works with you yeah. and how, yeah, how, how dry you are. Talk to your doctor. My, my gynecologist says that every woman 50 and over should be using the little I call it a suppository, but it's really a little estrogen pill that's in an applicator and you just use it twice a week. She said it not only, you know, helps with dryness, but just promotes vaginal health. And it's not a systemic estrogen. It really is just localized to the vagina. So you, you might want to ask your doctor about that. Well, and one of the things is that the dryness is a result of vaginal atrophy. And so the way replens works in some of those vaginal estrogens is that it promotes that cell growth so that the cells are turning over every three days rather than just sort of lingering, sort of like the 
skin on my arm, it just seems to last. It's drier skin. Um, what that does is internally, it kind of promotes that cell turnover, which helps promote lubrication. But one of the other things with atrophy is that there are some changes to the vagina. So, you know, normally you have those, what feels like accordion folds so that there's sort of this ribbing inside of you, those flatten out. So as you are experiencing vaginal atrophy, the feeling inside of your vagina for your husband, it does feel a little bit different. So maintaining that vaginal health can make sex more comfortable for you, but can also help it not feel too much different for your husband. One other thing I'd like to say about the DHEA is that it comes without estriol. There's two kinds. One comes with estriol, one comes without. The one without may be an option for those women who have had breast cancer and are on anti, I'm not quite sure the wording, but they have to avoid estrogen because of the type of breast cancer they've had. I have a whole bunch of posts about vaginal atrophy and dryness because I had a, uh, I was part of a study and I had a sexual health specialist for a while. So I've got some, um, some interesting information in my in blog posts that I got from my doctor. But I also want to talk about hysterectomy because I had a hysterectomy, oh, wow, it's like 11 years now. And sex can be very different after hysterectomy, even if you keep your ovaries. You know, that might make menopause happen a little bit earlier, but some of the changes in dryness happen whether or not you have your ovaries removed. Sex, most women will say that it feels a little different but it's still very good. It's, you know, when you have an organ removed and your blood vessels get rerouted, how you experience the sensations of orgasm, it's like all, all those nerves have kind of shifted around a little bit. So you feel it in different ways, but it still happens. And most of the time, women find that if they had a good sex life before their hysterectomy, most of them will have a good sex life after. There are some situations that are very different and when there are some there are some major complications, but most women who have good sex before their hysterectomy can still enjoy it afterwards. But I have a I have a series of posts about sex after hysterectomy too. So we will include those notes because there's lots of helpful information in those. Does orgasmic response change after a hysterectomy? For me it was better. There you go. Be- because my hi- I had my hysterectomy because of fibroids and fibroid pain. So for me, even something as basic as arousal would leave me in pain for several days. And so I avoided it and I I tried to not have orgasms and got really upset when they did happen, which is really not good. So when I was past that pain, it was a much more enjoyable experience for me. So I could relax and actually go with the flow instead of trying to control my body's response. And that's different for every woman. I will say that if your cervix plays a role in your sexual response and you have your cervix removed, that is a little bit more of an adjustment. And that can be more more difficult to get used to for a while for some women. I will say this too on the menopause thing, that when I was going through it, and I was having what are actually the cold flashes, hot flashes, that they're really flushes. You're getting flushed with heat. I call and them power to me, surges. Uh, to, me they <laughs> felt, they, to me, they felt like a heat wave, not a flash. Yeah. But anyway, I do remember a few times us getting things started and having a heat wave in the middle. And so, like, things are going and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, you're, like, so hot. Get out. Get Don't away. touch me. Okay. <laughs> 
So I just want to say that that's normal. It's okay. Just a sense kind of, of humor helps. Back off, have a sense of humor, just cool down and then start again. Well, you just have to tell your husband that he's really warming you up. He'll love that. <laughs> yeah, you make me so You're hot, so baby. Hot, yeah, baby. that's right. And, and do talk to your, your doctor. I would say when when you're dealing with menopause, you may find that it's better to work with a doctor who is not the one who delivered your babies. You know, somebody who doesn't do obstetrics is putting a lot of their attention and their professional development into menopause issues as opposed to childbirth and delivery. So, you know, if you're facing menopause, it might be time to look for a doctor that's better suited to this season in your life even though your obstetrician may be wonderful and you love him or her. I just want to reassure wives as well that you hear kind of in the rumor mill that like menopause is when like it all dies. No, that has not happened. So there may be some different challenges and some things you need to deal with, but you know what? You can have great sex well past menopause. Sometimes with menopause, it actually reveals your testosterone because as your estrogen and your progesterone decline, your testosterone really doesn't decline as much. So it's actually becoming more prevalent so that your body responds more to the testosterone, which can actually increase your sex drive. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie, do you have a question for us today? I do. Thank you for asking, Chris. So my question is, what do you think of masturbation from a biblical perspective? I believe that sex is for intimacy, but what if I'm trying to learn how to orgasm so I can tell my husband what I like and what works? Is that something that would be considered sinful? My intentions are not to just do it on my own regularly, but to learn. So it's been suggested I involve my husband, but at this point, I feel too uncomfortable to do that. I would definitely never get there if he's watching. So is it okay to figure out things on my own? Masturbation. That's a touchy subject. <laughs> no one's ever... Come on. <laughs> it's hey, so funny. You know, the thing <laughs> for me, everything, it boils down to does it contribute to the intimacy in your marriage or does it take away? And if you're masturbating instead of having sex with your husband, then obviously that's taking away from the intimacy. But if you're trying to figure things out so that you can communicate with your husband and have a better experience together, and if you're both okay with this, then I think that's a great idea idea. I do too. I could not say it better than Chris. So there we go. You know, I want to say too, that the idea of doing it while your husband's watching, it's not necessary that he said, it's not like you're putting on a show and you're the star and you're on stage and he's just sitting there watching. Your husband could also hold you and be sitting behind you and holding you while you, while you do that. And so there might be some ways to help your husband incorporate him into that without feeling like you're on display, so to speak. That's true. true. I think also it can be a thing where he can also be stimulating other parts of you as well. So he could be kissing you, you know, your face, your lips, your neck, whatever, or he could be fondling your breasts or other stuff while you're doing that and thinking through, you know, this is what's working and figuring that out and then being able to communicate that to him later. And another thing is, if you're really thinking that you need to be doing this with your husband, you can do it in the dark so he can't see. But I think it's okay to do this alone as long as you're doing it to build intimacy, ultimately. I I will say that if you do solo masturbation, and there's some good purposes for that, but I think you do have to think about what is going through your mind because you do want it to be something that's building intimacy. So some people can genuinely just focus on the physical sensations 
other people need some other imagery, in which case, if you're going to be using some other imagery, just make sure that's of your husband. What do you think, Gay? Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's fine. I think you should communicate about it, but I think it's perfectly okay to learn your own body so that then you can bring that into the bedroom and you can help your husband better understand your body. Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. And, you know, she asked biblically, from a biblical perspective, the only thing that even kind of correlates to masturbation is in Genesis 38, 9, when Onan spilled his seed on the ground because he didn't want his sister-in-law to become pregnant. And that was basically a heart issue. That was because he didn't want her to have a child. It really had nothing to do with masturbation. So from a biblical perspective, there's a lot of silence. But I agree that if it's something that is to promote intimacy between you and your husband, it's going to improve your sex life. It'll actually improve your sex drive overall, too, once you figure out how to reach that moment. Because for women who are anorgasmic, that's really difficult to want to... You love your husband, but when there's not that extra perk, it's difficult, so I think it's wonderful that you're trying to figure it out. It'll be, and and again, as Jay says, watch what's going through your mind. But if you're in any way attuned to your body, I call it body awareness. It's a sensual ability to kind of look inside of yourself and think about how your body feels. If you have that, you can develop it and you won't need pictures. You can just roll with the feelings within your body. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. But we also want you to know that this episode was sponsored in part by Honoring Intimates, a Christian-based marital aid store. Honoring Intimates is dedicated to bringing the fun back to God's gift of marital intimacy. And you can find their link in our show notes.